0: live from the sixth and Peabody Studio and across the outkick network. this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Coming up, pro Football
1: Doc will join us. Dr. David Chow will be on the show. We have PK's plus money props from Draftkings and outkick.com slash vet. And all the headlines, plus NFL and college football previews, Chad's got his top ten games ready to go. But, Chad, uh, one of the headlines all week has been with Kim Mulkey and Brittany Griner and the no comment on the question about Griner's situation in Russia and whether or not her former head coach had something to say about it.
2: So, John McClain, great friend of the show, legend, member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, one of our Outkick 360 Hall of Famers, I went to him earlier this week, he was at an Astros game, and we were texting about something going on with the Astros, and I said, hey, we need to have someone on that can talk about this weird no comment from Kim Mulkey about Brittany Griner being imprisoned in Russia. And John McClain came back and said, David Smoke is your guy. He's the guy in Waco, he's host of 365 Sports, he is the guy for Baylor, the guy in Central Texas, that was John McClain's intro to me for David Smoke. David Smoke joins us right now to talk a little bit about this situation. David, appreciate you hopping on with us today.
0: I'm uh, good to be here. Nice to have you guys uh, on my screen. Looks good. Nice set. Appreciate your time.
2: It's always good to have optics. You know, that's and nice mic, behind the, you. The mic is that. crystal clear. Dave, yeah, so. you, you are an audio Congrats. guy, David. I can tell. You sound great. No, Voice you, is good. And the mic no, is perfect. Now, you guys
0: if you guys knew me that I tell and ask everybody else I know for technological issues and problems <laughs> or whatever, they would, they would throw up over what you just said, but <laughs> no. you hey, got them D- full. but D- nah, D- I do. I got, I have you
3: full. Yeah.
2: <laughs> David, uh, you're doing us a solid too. Cause I know you've got a, a big high school broadcast tonight. That's like 90 minutes away that you're going to be leaving and going to driving to right after this. So appreciate you hopping on with us. Let, let's get to the Kim Mulkey. No comment from earlier this week. Uh you know that program, you know Kim Mulkey, you know Britney Griner. Can you just provide a little background with Griner's time there in Waco and maybe what could possibly be the issue with Kim Mulkey and Britney Griner?
0: Well, I can try to go to that first. To me, the issue probably and I think a, a, you could throw a dart and it would be a bullseye on what happened after Brittany and Baylor were knocked out of the playoffs of tournament in 2013, they were coming off that 40 and 0 season. And there was an article in ESPN, I think the magazine about Brittany Griner and how she was treated um, as a gay woman on campus and how she said, Kim Mulkey mentioned that, Hey, I'm fine with it, but just don't go around, you know, making it obvious wherever you go. I wasn't in those meetings with Kim and any players. Uh, Brittany Griner not the only gay basketball player who has ever played for Kim Mulkey. I don't even look at it that way, but th- that's a safe bet. Sure. Uh, that article cut. And and this is before Baylor had the really tough times under the scandal with Art Bryles and all that, that went down in 15, 16, whatever, 17. But, um, yeah, that cut the knees out of, uh, of, of Baylor uh, Kim Mulkey. And there's a lot of people don't like her. They don't like her because she's very opinionated. She doesn't really care whether you like her opinion or not. It's like probably a lot of talk show hosts like, right, what us, And doesn't mean we don't have feelings, but that article stung her. That article also was one, from what I've been told, and this is not just recently because I know what was coming on with you guys, is that uh, Kate Fagan had been wanting to write that article for a long time. And Baylor was able to buffer that while Brittany was still eligible and playing and trying to win yet another national title. But there were some damning things that she said about Kim. I can't tell you whether she ever told any women to not be uh, uh flirtatious or, you know, outwardly about who they were or their lifestyle. And I don't, that, that's none of my business. But I can tell you this, unequivocally, Brittany Griner was a freaking rock star. She was the queen on the campus at Baylor University. And if she was the queen, Robert Griffin III was the king. He was there about the same amount of time until he won the Heisman at eleven. Brittany Griner and Baylor went forty and zero in two thousand twelve, and then she was there for another year. She was treated like royalty. I wasn't always on the campus. I didn't follow her to class. I didn't follow her wherever she went. I just know that when she was inside, and sure, she's a superstar, and there's a lot of athletes that get treated that way on college campuses. I never, ever, in the four years she was there, and I I didn't, I didn't, I got to take that back. I was there the three years. I wasn't here freshman year. Never heard anybody on campus. Student, young, old, anybody's lifestyle, ever say anything negative about Brittany. I had one person who I know, who is an Oklahoma fan, send me a text about Brittany and her sexuality and maybe how she looked. And I ripped his lips off with a text message back to him because of what he said to me, because it was uncalled for.
2: Were you surprised when Kim Mulkey left Baylor for LSU?
0: Huh. No, nah, but yeah, that's a long story. And I wish you guys had more time, but you could see that simmering. Uh, Kim was the queen on campus too. Don't forget it. And, and everyone knew that because of, she was someone that won really before Baylor won in any other big sports. They had done well in baseball. They had won a national title like in tennis or whatever. But she took a, a school that it was awful in football. Awful in basketball. Had been through the scandals. Remember oh, yeah. during the Dave Bliss era, and she gave Baylor fans hope and Hey, we can win here. And she did not just once. She won quickly, and then she won again with Brittany, and then she won again. What was it like? I think 2019 uh with a completely different team. She she was it. I mean, kiss the ring type of thing. I'm not saying she ever asked you to, but I don't think she would have minded you had you done that. I had a great relationship with her. I we talked about a lot of things, but near the end, she did a st- she did a show on a station in I guess Baton Rouge that covered LSU and outwardly flirtatiously in a way uh, answered questions. Although, oh come on, but you never know when asked about from one of the hosts the, about the possibility LSU's job was opening up because their coach was moving on into the WNBA. Uh, it it created a firestorm pretty quickly. I remember reaching out to a couple people on Baylor and I said, hey. What, what is this? It doesn't mean she hadn't been on other shows before, uh, but it, it, it hit to the top pretty quickly. And over the next probably two or three weeks, it spread. I mean, the negativity, the, uh, the friction, uh, it, it, it ended quickly. And I'm not so sure, even though Mac Rhodes told me when we interviewed him, would you have allowed her to come back had she decided to change her mind? And he said, yes. Mac, in all the years he's been at Baylor since I started talking to him one-on-one with our show with Paul and Craig as well. Has never ever, like I've ever never has he ever said something to us on the air that wasn't true. If he can't answer it, he'll even say he can't answer it. But he's never dodged a question. So I still wonder about that. But that that relationship got toxic over a lot of things. Am I surprised she left under the circumstances? No. Scott Drew won a championship in men's basketball. People can say whatever they want. That was a big deal. Uh, the uh, the arena that they're building, the pavilion, which is across 35 near McLean Stadium on the other side. Kim told me point blank on the Wednesday before she left to take the job at LSU. I will ne- She said this to me. I've never talked to her since that conversation either. She would not return any calls I had or text messages the next two or three days. I knew where that was going. She would never coach a team, a college basketball team, With the arena not on campus. And if you guys have ever been down 35, Waco split by I-35. There's parts of it that are just on the opposite side of 35. A big, huge administration building. Uh, It was more semantics. She didn't want that. There was an argument about that. And I think it was pretty much deeper than a lot of people thought. She got paid everything she wanted. She had the best budget in all of women's college basketball. But you know what? People like attention. Attention and then there's certain things that happen, and maybe you're no longer it. Not that people didn't. They, she was beloved in Waco and, and at Baylor, but there were a lot of people that didn't like her style, but that's also what happens to a lot of people that are successful along the way.
1: David Smoke, our guest, sports radio host in Waco. Uh, we're discussing the Kim Mulkey and Brittany Griner. Uh, no comment from earlier this week. David, had had Kim Mulkey said something positive or negative in a response to that question. How surprised would you have been in the moment?
0: Well, I don't know exactly when this was. First of all, I saw it because it came to us pretty quickly. Um, You know, I was like, you know, the first thing I thought about, and again, I know her, but I haven't spoken to her since she left for LSU. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, Kim, why? Yeah, I know that that article – cut your knees out. I know that probably maybe ripped your heart out. And a lot of people go, Oh, who cares about Kim? What about Brittany? Well, that's another story. And, uh, I know that hurt. And I imagine if any of us four had ever had something on a front page of any national magazine written about us and you didn't know, you know, it, it, it hurts. It would hurt. And, uh, But again, that's part of the role when you're a big time coach, no matter if women's basketball is at the same level. We know it's not as college football and men's basketball. But um, it it surprised me because all in my opinion. And again, I haven't talked to her. Not going to. Just say we wish her well. Uh, Now, I don't I, I think she really does. I don't know when, and I was just trying to text a guy that I know that covers LSU named Mike Scarborough. I don't know when, but there was an interview uh, during the spring or summer when somebody had Kim on the radio, a show, and she said, you know, she actually answered the question a little bit better. Uh, not better. She asked more in depth, and she said, I'm I'm praying for Brittany. You haven't heard that, have you?
2: No, have and, not. No. You know how nope. it
0: is. Yeah, No one's heard that. Uh, I was trying to text Mike to find out exactly when that is. We played it on our show. No one cares about that. They care about Monday. Now, could she have handled it better? Yes. Could she have sown empathy, heart? Sure. Even, you know, and, and I talked to two former players today. When Kim, when you got in her doghouse, when you were in, when she got her heels dug into the ground, they were there to bring blood. And, and I'm not trying to be overly like dramatic yeah. about it. She held a grudge. I've held my grudges. I think everybody has some people blow it off. As you get older, you kind of go, okay, but when she had something she didn't like, and she didn't like you or whoever it, it didn't, it didn't end. There was no end game. Um, So I, I, I was surprised by because I don't know why you just don't answer that question because could it hurt them in recruiting? I don't know. She's an incredible, her staff's incredible. They have the number one ranked player for 2023 uh, I just don't know why something. I just wish her well, hope she gets back soon. And guess what? You're not talking to me on the show today.
2: Yeah, and she could put that out in a release through LSU or on social media, but she is not. So I think that's that's raised a lot of eyebrows. David Smoke, our guest on Outkick 360. I,
0: I, I, one, if you, and I, I know, listen, I'm sorry because I'm a talk show host. So I, but oh, I want In 2013, I did some checking on this. Went back and double-checked. Brittany left after the 2013 season. They were shocked by Louisville. The article came out. It was damning. We all know that. And again, I, I didn't walk in Brittany's shoes. I interviewed him many times. I enjoyed her personality. My daughter um, like, couldn't wait to come down and watch a game in Waco one time and get to meet her. She, that's the kind of person she was, no matter what she was, her lifestyle, whatever. But after 2013 season suddenly ended on a shocking upset, the article comes out soon after that. That year, and I could never pinpoint the time, whether it was summer, I think it was in the fall, like right now basketball teams are working out again to get like 30 practices. Brittany came back on campus. First time since the loss, since she left, since the article. She walked in, I was told, at a practice, came to near where Coach Mulkey was coaching or came to a practice it was kind of awkward. Kim, and Kim didn't tell me this, asked her to come back, and it, it would, she would see her after practice later on that day. They did meet. I know they met. I know for a fact they met. I also know for a fact that Brittany said to her, Coach, I'm sorry. You treated me very good. What Kim asked her to do in that meeting, Brittany, listen, what's happened has happened. I need you to publicly apologize, not trying to force her, not telling her in if or buts. Could you publicly apologize or publicly mention that Kim, the damage is done. And I was told I might even get a chance to interview her within the next two or three days. That never happened. There was a home game coming up soon. She never came back. She never did publicly apologize. Maybe she didn't feel like she should maybe in that moment in front of Kim, She felt intimidated and just wanted to say she was sorry. And I think Brittany probably was. Brittany's more of a follower than she is like someone who's a leader. And so she can sway. Incredible once in a lifetime basketball player. But that meeting happened. I double checked on that again today. I wanted to make sure I had that correct. Not because I was coming on with you, because we, I I double checked actually this week because we mentioned it as well on our show. You hear about that? Anyone mentioned that? No. But that happened. And I would not be surprised if that I would be stunned if it did not happen. It did. Just imagine you talk about what Kim could have said Monday. And we all want Brittany. Wish her the best of luck. Now, not everybody does. We know this is a polarizing issue, but I do. I have nothing against her. She didn't do anything to me, even though I didn't agree with some of the things she has done. But I do know for a fact that Brittany could have done that just like Kim could have said something on Monday.
2: David, we got to ask you one about football before we let you go because I look at Baylor as the ultimate rags-to-riches success story in all major sports. Men's basketball national champions, football relevant year in and year out. Uh, You can point to history across college football especially and say, well, these teams have won a national title so they can win it again Mm -hmm. and that normally is the case, but there's not a lot of Baylors out there that were awful for years and years and then suddenly become a powerhouse that's relevant year in, year out, top 25 team. They're doing that now. What do you think about the matchup with Oklahoma State? And also, Mm. just in general, Dave Aranda, the job he's done. I know there's a lot of reports about Nebraska possibly going all in on Dave Aranda and giving him whatever he wants to go to Lincoln. Uh, How is he – you talked about Brittany Griner and Kim Mulkey being beloved in Waco. Is it the same for Dave Aranda right now?
0: Well, yeah, no, he is, uh, he's, he's the Jedi or whatever you want to call him. He's as unique a human being as I've ever met in my life. And I'm 63 years old and I get a chance to interview him in his office once every other week. Uh, And I, I tell you what, I can go into any pretty much head coach's office and I think I can conduct an interview and I, you know, refresh and study up a little bit with him, man. I got to like, it's a final because he's so unique and so deep And yet he's got a little sense of humor in him, you know, that that maybe we're starting to see, which we couldn't see during the covid year. Plus, they were terrible at two and seven. He is a genuine human being. And yet he also is cold blooded because at the end of the first year, he was unafraid to fire coaches because he knew that they wanted to get to the next level. They had to make some changes, and we saw what they did last year. As far as Oklahoma State, it is exactly 365 days to the year when they played last year in Stillwater, and of course, then they played in Arlington. Uh, Neither team is the same. Baylor probably has more of the same personalities that they had last year than Oklahoma State. The deal is, is Spencer Sanders has struggled turning it over a lot of times but Baylor has picked him off 10 times in his career. Now, I'm not saying he throws one pick tomorrow, but I think this is going to be an electric game. And to me, if Oklahoma State wins a road game, if Baylor wins, they've now won at Iowa State and against Oklahoma State. That sets them up for possibly being very much involved again when we get to the holidays at the end of November.
1: David, on the way out, how many people will be at the high school game you're calling tonight?
0: Oh, this one will not be really great. It's in Killeen, you know, Fort Hood, the great Fort Hood Army post. Uh, I've done games though where there's been fifteen to twenty thousand. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it there tonight. Uh, it's so an hour like and 13. a half. <laughs> yeah, I'd, no, no. I'd say tonight you'll probably have four or five thousand. Okay. I would think maybe, maybe. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I've there's usually. Like the state championship weekend, they'll have 50, 60,000 people over like an eight to 10 hour period of time. It's it's a different deal. We marvel at the stadium. I I know you got to go. J.J. Watt flew into when he was drafted by the Texans, flew into Houston. As he's on his way into Houston, we interviewed him that day. He said, man, when I flew into Houston, I'm in the plane. I see all these stadiums, and I didn't know what colleges they were. They're high school stadiums. The commitment is truly amazing. It yeah,
2: is. we're in Nashville, David, and Vanderbilt would love to have fifteen, twenty thousand some games. So, and they're in the SEC or, or the
1: stadium, but not hey, even that
2: it's in it's this, just the stadium. Hey. I, I always say Baylor's kind of my example for a Vanderbilt they, they, or another exactly. program that you can be bad for sixty years, and yep. then you can make the right hire, start getting going, oh. getting a little buzz going and recruiting, and you can you can be relevant.
0: They have rebuilt this thing four times. If you go back to the days of Grant Taff in the '70s, but they have rebuilt this thing. Bryles left, rule one. He wasn't here very long. Goes to the NFL. Guess what? Aranda comes in, he won. So three different coaches yeah. since 2008 have rebuilt them to be inside the top ten.
1: David Smoke has been our guest. Thank you for for the time today. We really appreciate it. And uh, anytime, guys, thank you, you can send you fun. can send McLean your. Uh, your bill. I'm, yes, I'm yes. going
0: to text him right now. There
1: you go. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it, guys. There's David Smoke out of Waco, 365 Sports talk show host. There coming up, Doctor David Chow joins us, pro football doc. We're going to dive back into the Tua Tagovailoa Tug- Tug- and the the concussion protocol lack thereof a, uh, a week ago, and then what we're seeing last night right before halftime. That's next. And now, kick 360. So we joke with Bobby Carpenter all the time about his devotion to the show. You know, he's joined us on the lake and yeah. from Ohio State. Hung over after Kenny Chesney. Everywhere in between. I'll kick 360 rolls on. Dr. David Chow is joining us between surgeries <clears throat> today. Very precise schedule. And for that, we're very grateful. Dr. Chow, great to have you on Pro Football Doc on Twitter. How, how are you?
5: I'm good. And, and yes, thankfully, I'm done with surgery. I'm in the office and uh, changed go. out of scrubs. And thank you.
3: So my thinking here, Doc, is uh, if they're truly doing an investigation here at the behest of the NFLPA and they want to get to the bottom of it, if they missed a concussion on Sunday, you got to expedite that whole thing and get to the bottom of it before Thursday. Uh, and not treat it like a bounty gate or whatever and say, well, we'll get back to you in three weeks when we do all of our research and and, and we'll be very transparent about it. Um, I'm wondering what you think about, about that idea.
5: Well, there's no question. I mean, if you're doing a formal investigation, the process is the PA names a doctor, the NFL names a doctor, those two guys name a third doctor, they travel down to Miami, they arrange interviews, that is months, you're right. But the NFL does do informal investigations routinely five, eight times a week with phone calls to team doctors, independent neuros, and what have you. Look, what I've been saying since for a while, since quite honestly, loudly since last year, when Devontae Adams took that big hit on the national TV game, yeah. Jimmy Ward, and was down for two minutes, entered the medical tent for 90 seconds, missed one play because of the commercial came back into the game, and it was said to be a wind. And the wind knocked out of him, not head, even though TV showed there was a head blow. Maybe there indeed was no concussion. Since then, I've been saying if the NFL, NFL needs to be more transparent, I wonder, wonder if you guys think about this. Paul, you know this. You guys know this. After a game, there's a pool re, a reporter that gets to talk to the head referee and ask questions. Why did you call holding? Why was that challenge overturned? Why is that an incompletion? Why is that a touchdown or not? Isn't this more intriguing and for transparency? Why can't you let the Red Hat UNC talk to one pool reporter? They're not getting grilled. It's just simple questions. And if if they're not comfortable doing that, how about Dr. Sills, uh, who is a great guy, does a great job, is near your area there. Yes. Let him get the info and let that guy talk to a pool reporter and clear the air. Maybe we wouldn't be sitting here wondering as much, relying on the team, relying on leaked reports, etc., and and clear things up for us. That's what I would say would make more sense.
3: I don't think there's a vast conspiracy here. I'm not putting, uh, I'm not taking Tua's word for it on, on Sunday. Is it possible that the independent neurologist misdiagnosed? That seems to me to be at the root of the question from Sunday. Yeah.
5: Well, it's possible. Look, it's possible that Tom Brady throws three picks in a game, right? It's happened before, but he's still Tom Brady. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. But, you know, <laughs> before we start using words like misdiagnosis, we should be in the room and review the facts of what's there and what wasn't there. And and I'm all for the investigation. If there's nothing to hide,
1: which there shouldn't be, you should be able to, to investigate and find the truth. So, so, Dr. David Chow, our guest, he, uh, we came in on Monday, and I said, I was a, on the sidelines for seven years with the Titans. I, I've seen the independent neurologists. They're not happy people, quite frankly. Like, I, you try to have a conversation with them, they want nothing to do with me. And I don't blame them. But the, the, the team physician, I know by name. Um, they get a call. They can message to a, a coach. They can get a message to a coach. Guy comes out of the, the lineup. They'll take him in the tent. The protocol itself can be examined. I'm not vouching for the protocol, but there are many m- media members who are saying that the protocol was intentionally uh, trumped here. Yeah, they, they, it was jumped over. There was some. Everyone's in on this, and I'm thinking you realize, like, if, if you're blaming the dolphins or Tua, you're blaming the league because an independent neurologist would have examined him not just during the week, but on game day, where he was clear to come back. Am I right in thinking, and this was my my perception on the sideline, unless an an independent neurologist clears you, you're not allowed to go back into a game on game day. Am I right on that? Well, that
5: technically has changed. The independent guy used to be had to clear you to return to the same game. The independent person is there and is consulting with the team physician, But the league did cede the final call to the team position. But to to follow up on that, I do not know of a single team position, and I as a team position would never put a guy (laughs) back in the game if it wasn't unanimous. I mean, that's really swimming upstream and asking for it if you're not unanimous on what it is. We'll find out what really happened there in Miami. I don't know, but technically you don't have to have that person. Now, technically – Tua has to now get cleared by once he's in the concussion protocol, get cleared by a UNC independent person to return to full play. But in game, they seeded that back to the head team position, basically saying you better be darn sure if you're going against the independent neuro.
1: And I think a lot of people are saying that they're they're staging all of this last week, not not last night, um, based on the tweet from the team. Chad, Paul, and I, most media relations coordinators are scared to even mention a body part with an injury nowadays across the league. The Dolphins tweeted out in real time that Tua was questionable to return with a head injury against the Bills. And it turns out they're pointing to a back injury through Ian Rappaport at halftime. That, that, to me, perception-wise, that's why you raise an eyebrow, is the fact that the team account tweeted that And now we lead into Thursday night football where he's not even in concussion protocol this week. And we see what happened last night. What did you think when you saw the injury initially last Sunday where he stumbles and needs help to get off the field?
5: I tweeted in real time, Tua is not coming back into the game.
2: That's a visual sign. Like everyone. Yes.
5: (laughs) Yes. Like everybody. Okay. But you don't judge concussions by video. But I tweeted in real time, "He he can't because there's a neurological sign. The only way he can is not by passing the concussion protocol and all the tests. That can't trump the visual sign. You have to explain the visual sign away for something else. And apparently they did. In defense of the dolphins, look, whether you have a concussion or not, your question will return with a head injury because they're determining if you have one. And that may like spew the public relations and media perception. Sure even worse. I get that part of it. But they're just being honest there, and they're just getting caught in a trap there. But the visual is the thing that's difficult right? for us who aren't in the room. I think if you polled 100 people, 99 of them would say, that's a concussion. But maybe if you knew more information, you might. I'm not saying you would. Change your mind, which is my call for transparency. Maybe there's something we're missing that the UNC, the guy on the sideline, the Red Hat, could tell the world immediately after the game. And no offense to Ian Rappaport. I chat with him all the time. He's a good guy. He's accurate in his reporting. But why filter it through an, a reporter and have it be leaks and in information? Just come out and say it if there's nothing to hide. And it shouldn't be Mike McDonald saying it. I mean, he's not directly involved in that decision-making
1: process. Well, even, even Rappaport, chat, I mentioned on Monday, was it was kind of tongue-in-cheek on his tweet. He made it very apparent, like, Hey, they're telling us, hint hint, it's a back issue that happened in the first quarter. He's back out there, by the way, starting the third quarter. So I, I don't blame him. He's just the messenger on that. The initial messenger though, Chad, was the Dolphins when they tweeted out he had and a head. In. head.
2: Yeah, and, and there's also, you know, a lot of talk about this so quickly diagnosed with concussion after the game. Uh, getting released to leave last night. This has been another point of contention. You know, with what we saw on the field, how on earth is he released from a hospital? and flying back with a team. Is that uncommon though, doctor?
5: No, that's actually normal. And in real time, despite the posturing, I said, I didn't believe it was a neck. It's not a Ryan Shazier. He's not going to be paralyzed. Thankfully, that's true. I expected him to be released from the hospital. I didn't think he, I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been sent to the hospital. I'm saying I expected him to be released from the hospital. And here's the thing. He's, He all the time people are released from the hospital after concussion here. Yes, he's flying on a plane on a private charter with doctors and athletic trainers, at least three doctors and at least four athletic trainers with him slash next to him and monitoring him. And if there was a problem in the plane, you don't think they would set it down somewhere. I mean, that's this is not flying middle seat on Southwest alone with a searing headache and a problem.
2: So explain the posturing that you talked about that everyone saw watching the game last night that i i think freak people out more than anything else if they've never seen that the the, the fencing response yeah where he went into that posture with his fingers in his hands medically explain so that look, to us like what like ufc and like does like, that indicate like something the about Indians the severity
3: of of the injury
5: not necessarily the severity but certainly the type and the way Abnormal electrical signal, you could call it. It's happened before, and we've seen it before in football. But this is now a quarterback on a national TV game. The last time I remember doing it, what was it, guys? Uh, Donald Parnum, the Chargers national TV yes. in the end zone, right? Oh, yes. The spine board and the whole deal. And he was posturing and fencing and the whole deal. Tom, Tom and he Savage was another
2: out, quarterback also with the Texans. I remember going and seeing a YouTube clip. Mm-hmm. Someone posted the same exact thing that got knocked out and he was doing. it. And that's a good
5: example. I saw that Tom Savage one in real time and said, he's out of the game. The Texans, you remember this, put him back in the game. <sighs> and social media was going crazy. And I was like, And they were wanting heads to roll. And I was like, well, they have some explaining to do because it doesn't make sense to to me, right? And the Houston Texans have good, caring doctors. I know all the lead physicians. But I was like, how can you explain that? Well, here's how that was explained. We saw that on TV. That was a play, if you remember correctly, it was on the end zone. And they were on ground level at the 50 or 30-yard line. They went out and checked on him. And as soon as they got out there, he was not fencing but it was on TV. When they went to look at the replay, the replay didn't work that day. So they didn't have that to go off of. So they checked them, they put them back into the game. And after the next series, they checked them again and said, no, you probably should come out. So there are explanations for why doctors do things sometimes. I'm not trying to make excuses. I just want to hear their side.
1: And I'm not making excuses for the league or the protocol. I I have only said since Monday. I feel I trust the league when they say they follow protocol. I'm not vouching for the protocol here. Is the protocol easy to fake if you're a player? Andrew Whitworth was on last night post game saying that he easily passed that test in the blue tent. Like, is this something that is is known across the league? It's the same regimen every single week.
5: It's not the exact same regimen. And look. Could you fake your way through sometimes? Sometimes you just can't. There are some objective signs. There's some balance signs. There's some memory tests and other things. But look, it's happened before. Earlier this week, I talked to Rich Gannon and he goes, yeah, he raised his hand as someone who you know worked his way through sometimes. Look, we know the, the, the medical timeout rule, the Julian Edelman rule, from Super Bowl 49, where he went down, was slow to get up, but then ran it off. And it was a hurry up. There was no medical timeout. They finished the series. They got a touchdown. Yeah. He was checked on the sideline return. And in those couple of minutes, maybe he cleared and passed. Like I'm not throwing rocks at anyone. That was the Super Bowl and and whatever. Right. And yes, doctors have to protect players from themselves. Uh, but you know, uh, Bottom line is, yes. And, and look, there are stories out there, people who fake their baseline concussion test so that when they are concussed, they only have to return to the baseline to play again. And, and that's known. So you do what you can to try and control that. But, you know, it's life.
1: Paul, I, I said last night to someone I was talking with, it's like people, people reacted as if he's going in at halftime last Sunday and had some scan done and they're reading that and faking it. That's not the case last Sunday.
3: No, look, I I mean, it's disturbing visual to see, and everybody wants the guy protected. Give us what you think, Dr. Chow, are the the potential avenues things go from here.
5: Well, look, if there is malfeasance from Sunday in terms of something um, choreographed, purposeful, or uh, one eye open, one eye shut, wink, nod, heads should roll. Period, end of discussion. If that's what is found out. And whoever's involved, I would be the first one in line to say that, if that were the case. But you know what, what's gonna work out? I hope, I'm waiting to hear from the independent neuro and, and what really happened. Look, uh, Tua can plead all he wants. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, it was my back. Unless his explanation fits the medical picture, you cannot believe him. But maybe the explanation did fit the medical picture. We don't know. Look, Donald Parnum, I'm not aware of Donald Parnum having a concussion four or five days earlier and then resulting in that posturing. So it can happen without a first concussion. Of course, we're more worried if there was a recent or nearby concussion, and that's what everyone is is worrying about. But going back to what I said in the beginning, if we had transparency on Sunday, we wouldn't be here day after Thursday on Friday.
3: How long do you imagine recovery is for him now from what he suffered last night?
5: Concussions are like snowflakes. No two are the same. You can't judge. It can accelerate quickly. It can decelerate. He reportedly has a headache. Uh, If it were a seven-day cycle, he would be out for sure next week. It's really a 10-day cycle. I'm sure the Dolphins and the UNC will be extra conservative. If his symptoms last he needs at least seven days of zero symptoms. Apparently as of today, he still has a headache. It's hard to say. If they determine he had a concussion on Sunday, and this is the second one, he will be out at least a month, right? And a third one will be a season. If they determine this is his first concussion, then he just follow the symptoms and how it tracks. Look, it's amazing things. We're hearing today that Dane Jackson from Buffalo has a chance to play today. He was, what, 10, 11 days from that uh, ambulance ride, yes. uh, et cetera. So, so uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll let the medicine sort out where it is. Let's just make sure he returns uh, to normal first and is safe. And look, I'm grateful that his mom and dad were with him. I've had the fortune of meeting his mom and dad once at a media thing one time and nice people, you know, and, uh, very loving and caring. I'm sure they're not trying to let anything happen to their son as they should be. And as the dolphins should be right.
1: Uh, absolutely. And I, Last thing. And thank you for the time today. Um, we, we brought this up earlier in the week. You may or may not know this. It, are the independent neurologists assigned to different games every week, or is it the same doctor at the home stadium based on if the home stadium is hosting the NFL that weekend.
5: First of all, there are three of them at every game, one on each team sideline and one upstairs in the box, helping the ATC spotter. Now, are they the same three people every time they try and keep a core together mm-hmm. for continuity,
2: like ref. but you know,
5: someone's got a wedding, someone's got a, this, You know, who knows? Someone may be sick. Someone has an emergency surgery. There's a small pool, right? Of, of people and uh, that do it. And they're all independent from the team and they're jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFL PA. So they answer to both bodies.
1: I'm glad you clarified that because we, if you listen to our show on a regular basis, you would know like we are, I don't believe half the stuff that the NFL tries to put out there, right? Like, there are already, always motives. They have no incentive of faking some yeah, concussion I, test with Tua Tagovailoa.
2: I'm having a hard time finding the motive. But the, uh, in, the reaction, in this one.
1: the reaction to this is there has been some assessment that they circumvented last week that led to last night's injury, and I just don't buy it based on the protocol. I'm not saying you have to you have to agree with the protocol that's in place. I just don't. I don't see the media reacting to the independent nature of this, the way that the NFL and the NFLPA has agreed to set this up week to week.
5: No, well, I agree, but partly, you know, back again, not to keep going backwards, but if there was more transparency, there might be less people clamoring about what was what's going on. And, yeah. and I think it only helps. Look, all the time teams talk about players' injuries, right? So it's not a HIPAA thing. If it were, fine. Let Tua, whoever the subject is, let him say, let the league say, we would come talk to you about this to a pool reporter, but the player refused.
1: It's a very, okay. it's a very interesting point because the NFL, like Tua, will not be made available to the media until he clears concussion protocol. But in the UFC, if you get knocked out, Conor McGregor can do an interview with Joe Rogan in the middle of the ring, seconds later. You know, so it's a, it, 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 that's an interesting point because I think we need to hear from all, all parties here, and there's a lot of people that are just making suggestions and. You know, but, but that, would,
5: that adds to the mystery, not being able to talk to Tua. I agree. If Tua comes exactly. out and said, oh, man, I fought to go back in the game. It was my back. This is why it was my back. And I passed all the concussion tests. There mm-hmm. were no shenanigans here. You know, uh, I couldn't look at my mom and dad if if I had faked something. And, you know, my health is important to me. And he could speak. Some of this might get quelled, but he can't.
1: So it adds to the storm. Dr. David Chow has been our guest. Pro football doc, getting it done. Thank In you sur- so much. In surgery and out with us on, on Outkick 360. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate it. Thank you. There he is, Dr. David Chow. Uh,
2: how Great nervous stuff. are you if, if, like he said, it's someone was on vacation and you're the neurologist that's never there, and this was the one week you were there, and you're the one who cleared... But- but you're you're basing it off the protocol that's in place. So if you're clear oh, I know, you're but clearing I'm saying, them based you, on whether or not you think the guys can cut But the human reaction is Did I miss something when all this is going on? When you go back and see the footage and everything they're, else? But they're so like precise. They, they and err it's on the side of caution. And I, mm.
1: people don't believe yeah, I don't, that. But when seeing this, like there are guys who you don't see on on camera that are like head to head with someone. And then all of a sudden, there's a commotion behind me on the sideline, and it's the independent neurologist that gets a phone call, and it says, we need 78 or whoever over here immediately. Yeah, I mean, the guy
2: guy still could have made a mistake, even following the protocol because he's human. But that doesn't mean that there's some conspiracy. There's no spot for motive. That This is not the individual team doctor from Varsity Blues with the coach telling the doctor, hey, make him understand and give him a shot. I, you know, that, that's no longer in in play I with I think this. that
3: conversation's crazy, the conspiracy thing. My, I, I never thought of that for a second. My thought was, did they miss it?
2: But that's if, the if, thought I had from the beginning.
3: It, and I think it's conceivable they missed it based no on the wobble. Yeah. And the trouble getting no, up. I, I How convenient it, is it that you have a back injury but. that coincides with your Banging
1: your head on the turf, but the the reaction though was not oh did did they miss it on Monday? The reaction was oh they're saying back injury. We're not doctors, and they have a protocol in place which they followed, so it must be a back. And now whenever he's concussed on uh, Thursday night football, all of a sudden is cover up. Well, they said it was a back, it was a concussion. We knew it at the time, and this cannot be trusted. I haven't, I haven't I read. I don't see how you make <clears> that leap.
3: I haven't read as widely as you have to see the the it's just cover on your, up it, stuff, on your Twitter but, timeline but but the I, I think I understand a little bit because you're more prone to the second concussion if you had the first so as soon as he suffers the second
1: concussion I don't disagree I could with that see people all. going back to
3: the first concussion and going whoa but this there was deserves there re-examination no, now
1: but there was no first concussion based on the fact he was never in incus right, go back to off. the
3: first play.
1: But, but my, set, my, my
3: this deserves point being, point
1: being, like that, there is all of a sudden this reaction of, oh, this is Stephen Ross's team. We tried to get Tom Brady, and you know we've got all, we, all no, this I stuff in the offseason, yeah, and, of and now there's. And I'm like, don't you realize this is? If you're saying that, you're saying the league is complicit with this, and they determine this within a 12 minute span.
3: No, and not this a would week, be a huge a twelve scandal. minute span huge, when the guy
1: came back into the game. Huge I, scandal seen, I, for
3: them to circumvent it. For anybody but Tua to try to circumvent it. It just doesn't, I fully expect Tua did try to circumvent
1: it. But even
2: if he did, like that, it, that's
3: not his problem. It's set up to protect him. There's, Other just no, people's there's
2: no motive. There's no possible explainable motive from league or team to put him back out there with a concussion. Plus, they I believe he spoke after the game. Cost. I believe
3: he spoke after the game. We know he spoke to Brian Ryan Fitzpatrick, Wednesday night, he sounded fine. I saw that video last night. Right. There are no indications outside of his wobble in that game that he had a concussion.
1: We of uh, the things oh, that we know about but, having right, a concussion. And, and again, we can dive, dive into the we protocol. Know. We can disagree with the protocol, but I don't disagree with the fact that people are saying that they did not follow protocol. I, I believe they did in this case, and now it's reaction to the second one. We can say they missed it. It's not intentional which yeah. I think is the reaction. It's a systemic process, and
3: there are tons of – we could speak to this, Hutton. There are all kinds of systemic processes that go on around the NFL game that are just rote. They, they just happen by formula all day long.
1: PKs plus money props. Outkick.com slash bet. That's next on Outkick 360.
3: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: We get you ready for your college football weekend in five minutes, but first, Paul's got your plus money. Money Moneyline Props. going into the weekend for the NFL. We've
3: had 8 of 12, boys. We're going to keep this going. Jets, Steelers, not a lot of offense in this game. Just average out the punts. It comes to 9.9. Look at Riley. They're going to punt over 8.5 times in this game. That's plus 100. Riley Patterson to the Jags. He's going to hit over 1.5 field goals, plus 115. Javante Williams due for a touchdown, plus 120 against the Raiders. Josh Allen, Anytime touchdown plus 120, All I'll
1: winners. take that any All week. AllenGroup.com slash bet. Great job. Win a hundred bucks this weekend. Winners. We